Hello, this is episode 263, and today we're chatting about the mindset practices that you can use for overcoming period issues. Our guest today, Marie, is sharing her story of hypothalamic amenorrhea and the connection of people pleasing, which I can definitely relate to, her recovery from both the massive mindset shifts and nutritional adjustments that played into it, her unique upbringing on a sailboat in the south of France, which I really connect with and think is pretty cool, how modern medicine can work hand in hand with a holistic perspective, the importance of making space to manifest our desires into our life and Marie guides us through a visualization to reconnect to our intuition and rebuild the connection with our body. Our guest today is Marie Young, who is a food freedom life coach, holistic nutritionist, and recovering people pleaser. She combines her nutrition expertise with spiritual life coaching to help women free themselves from food obsession and rock a body they love so they can fulfill their soul's purpose. She lives in BC, Canada with her husband and two wild boys. Now today we're going to be chatting about hypothalamic amenorrhea. For those that do not know what this is, it is a lack of period. There's two classifications of hypothalamic amenorrhea. The first one is that you never got a period. And the second one is that you got a period and then it went away. Now, the approaches for each are a little bit different. The one that I had was the second one where I had a period for a certain period of time. (laughs) Too many periods, so much periods. So I had a period, I think, I believe it started around 14, 15 years old. And then I lost it when I went off birth control. Now, there were multiple reasons why I lost my period. Um, Drug use was definitely part of it. And eating disorder was definitely part of it. Birth control was part of it. Not providing my body with proper nutrition was part of it. Stress. Oh, the list goes on. So Marie is going to offer a bunch of tools and tips that she used to recover from amenorrhea. Now know that this is a very, I don't want to say complicated because that can sound like there's no way you're ever going to figure this out. And definitely, definitely there is. But it really, really, really like the biggest tip I can provide to you is listen to your body. And Marie's visualization really helps you reconnect to your body because your approach to balancing out period imbalances and such like that, whether it's hypothalamic amenorrhea or spotting or whatever it is, really comes to listening to your body. So some relevant content to this, if you want to go deeper in this conversation, uh, there's two things you can check out. The first is my Happy Keto Body program. You can find out more by going to happyketobody.com. And second is my paperback book, Keto for Women. You can find this at any bookstore, online on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Wherever you'd like to go, you can find out more details by going to ketodietbook.com. That's where you're going to find information about my three best-selling books. And if you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me if you want your question uh, featured on any of our episodes or you have a suggestion for an episode you would like to see. This is how I build the entire podcast. It's all for you in service to you. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact, check it out, submit your question, and I promise I will get back to you and we will get it on the show. You can also catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Once you are on that page, look for episode 263 and all the links and resources will be right there. Okay, let's do this thing. 
Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Today's episode is all about healing your body and really being kind to your hormones. One of the main reasons I was able to get my period back was by supplementing with a lot of fat, like so much fat. And since you're here listening to the Keto Diet Podcast, I have a feeling you're interested in eating a bunch of fat too. Now, my friends over at Perfect Keto really made it possible for me to hit my fat macro over and over and over and over again so that I could get my period back. Perfect Keto and I have been best buds for a couple of years now, and many of their snacks and supplements really help me always hit how much fat I need on a daily basis. And this has changed over time. You know, when I first started this journey, I needed a ton of fat. And I wish Perfect Keto had made their keto bars way back in the day because man, they are so delicious and they're packed full of fat and they hit the sweet tooth. It has all the things that you need. If you go to perfectketo.com slash KDP40 and use the code KDP40, when you buy one, you're going to get a second for 40% off plus free shipping on your order. Again, that's perfectketo.com slash KDP40 to order all the keto goodies from Perfect Keto. And I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, I am so excited to be talking to you on the Keto Diet Podcast. I am so thankful to Leanne for giving me the opportunity to share my story with you guys. And what I'm going to be talking to you about today is a story of hypothalamic amenorrhea. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay, I'll dive into it in a second. And mostly a story of recovering from people-pleasing because it's all tied. So anyway, my name is Marie Young. I am a holistic nutritionist, but I call myself a food freedom life coach. I started working as a nutritionist a few years ago, and I realized that I was diving so far beyond the plate with my clients and into things that had absolutely nothing to do with food that I knew I had to merge my nutrition practice with a spiritual coaching um, life and mindset work practice. So I called myself a food freedom life coach. I now have two little boys. They are one-ish and four-ish and I live in Canada with my husband and I'm going to tell you about my story because I think even if you have never suffered from hypothalamic amenorrhea, there's definitely a lot that you can gain from learning how I recovered from people-pleasing mostly. And uh, I know that Leanne has talked about hypothalamic amenorrhea quite a bit on this podcast because she has suffered with this as well. But to let you know, in a nutshell, it is the absence of periods. So you're not getting cycles when you have hypothalamic amenorrhea. And the cause is your hypothalamus not sending the signals to your body that it should produce hormones and give you a cycle, basically. But that cause as to why that communication between the hypothalamus and the rest of the body has been cut off 
it, there there are so many different causes and most of the time it's unknown and for me it is unknown however i have a lot of uh, inklings and suggestions <laughs> as to why this could have happened to me so i have a very interesting upbringing and yeah so i grew up on a sailboat in the south of france and i'm sure you can tell by my accent and i was an only child and i don't know if I came into the world as a people pleaser or if it's something that I learned along the way or if it has something to do with the fact that I was an only child but I always from the very beginning of my life wanted to do what others expected of me with complete disregard for who I was and what I wanted so I believe that my story and my upbringing really led me and set me up for this disconnection between my brain and my body as I, I grew up feeling completely disconnected from my body and from who I was and from what I wanted. Interesting, before we even dive into my story, it's interesting to note that my own mother suffered from hypothalamic amenorrhea. And years and years later, when I was in my 20s and um, struggling with fertility or infertility, I asked a fertility specialist whether this was a genetic condition. And he said, we don't know. I don't think so. I doubt it, he said. <laughs> so anyway, going back to my mom, she suffered with this, but the cause for her was pretty easy to pinpoint. She lost her mother, her own mother, when she was in her early 20s, and she stopped getting her period. And she didn't get her period for seven years. And one day she felt something moving inside of her stomach. Hello, that was me. And she was six months pregnant. <laughs> she was also very thin, but somehow had managed to be in such denial or have no idea that she, because she really didn't think she could be pregnant, right? And that her body was not showing the pregnancy. And as soon as she felt me moving and she learned that she was actually pregnant and that, well, she had three months to prepare, she started showing. Very interesting, right? So I knew that at the back of my mind, I knew that was a thing. And I, it must have conditioned me for what happened to me later on. And I strongly believe that, you know, and I'll share with you what I did to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea. And there's some nutrition stuff in there, but mostly mindset was the biggest domino. And I think because mindset was also the cause of this for me, right? There was this part of me that always knew that, it had happened to my mom and therefore it could happen to me. So anyway, growing up a uh, sailboat in the south of France, my parents worked in the sailing industry and therefore I decided I was going to excel at sailing and I was going to take it as far as trying to train for the Olympics. I did not make the Olympics, but I took it far. <laughs> I became a professional athlete in the sailing industry. Thinness was very much valued in my family and therefore I thought, well, I'd better be thin. So it was an interesting combination in my teenage years of wanting to be extremely thin and also wanting to perform athletically because I ended up really shooting myself in the foot at, at, when it came to sailing races or competitions, I would, instead of having my strong mindset being completely focused on my race, um, there was a lot of focus on how much have I eaten so far? How many calories did I eat too much? Oh darn, I'm so hungry. My tummy is grumbling. I wasn't fueling my body 
adequately because I definitely struggled with trying to be strict and binge. And so anyway, that was really an issue with with my athletic ability or my athletic career. And it's interesting to note that too, because it seems to be a common thread with a lot of people who suffer from hypothalamic amenorrhea. They seem to be on one hand high achievers, but also on the other hand, they most of us anyway, seem to have this past that is riddled with disordered eating and not necessarily eating disorders, but definitely for a lot of us, there is either emphasis on thinness or there is some binging in there and definitely some emotional eating, definitely a little bit of a skewed relationship with food for many, many of us. And that is definitely what happened to me in my, in my teenage years and in my early 20s as well. And, and so I felt completely disconnected from my body. Like I just, I was disconnected from my femininity. My body was this thing that I had to try and control, that I had to shape a, a certain shape. I had to chase a certain number on the scale. Pressures that were self-imposed mostly. I mean, yes, it was this unspoken value and agreement in my family that being thin was good. But I mean, nobody was putting food in my mouth or taking it out of my mouth, right? So um, nobody was forcing me to weigh myself. I definitely had this desire to control what my body was doing and what went in and out of my mouth and in and out of my body because I also abused laxatives. Yes, I did. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. So anyway, that that's, yeah, that's part of my story that is, that's a little painful, but it, it did, it did foster in me this love of nutrition interestingly enough, because I spent a lot of time researching diets and calories, and I wasn't channeling my love for nutrition in a positive way. But I did love it. And I, I there was a reason why I spent my spare time researching this stuff. It's because I was genuinely passionate about it. I just didn't know yet how to use it to my benefit and how to use it for healing. <laughs> so then I entered my 20s and I met a my boyfriend back in France and his passion was aviation. He wanted to be a pilot, had always wanted to become a pilot. And he started taking flying lessons in the south of France and I thought, man, that's cool. I want to do that too. And I thought, well, people are going to think I'm really cool if I do that. And they're going to be super proud of me. So for a high achiever and people pleaser, it was definitely a good thing to get into. So I became a pilot and my boyfriend had his uh, sights set on a flying school in Canada, which is how I ended up in Canada. I followed him to Canada and I started my aviation training and I became a, a commercial pilot. The boyfriend and I ended up going our separate ways, but that's also how I met my current husband at flight school in Canada. So he was also a pilot. Interestingly enough, we're both not pilots anymore, but that's a side tangent. So anyway, I was on the pill. I was on the pill for, well, I since I was 14, 
And I stayed on the pill throughout my mid-20s or my early 20s until I was 25. So we get to this point where I'm married to my now husband and I was 25 years old. I was, I had made it a certain degree of success in aviation. I was flying medevacs. So that is medical evacuations. So that means I was on call 24 hours a day, basically. Uh, I could be called to go flying day or night. It was extremely stressful for me. And let's remember that I did not go into this career because I was passionate about it. I had gone just because it looked cool and it made me look cool. So, and my family by then was so proud of me that I thought I couldn't get out. So pretty stressed out. My body was under stress. I was thin, yes. I had always been pretty thin, you know, give or take, <laughs> depending on how much I was abusing my body one way or the other. But I, my baseline is pretty thin. But I was, I was fairly thin. Um, but I, I, I also, my body didn't have much of a tolerance for for stress because not just because of my thinness but because of how much I was under constant stress uh, self-imposed and from my career and from the lack of sleep and from the chaotic circadian rhythm that I had at the time so my husband and I decided that it would be a good time to have a child and I have to say at the time my decision was mostly motivated by wanting out. <laughs> I I thought there's no way I could just quit aviation just because that's um, what I would want to do is quit. I, I couldn't possibly just go after what I want. But if I got pregnant, then I would have a good excuse to take a break, right? So that's what I thought at the time. And so I thought it'd be a perfect time to get off the pill. So I went off the birth control pill. And the very first month that I did, I thought, Holy cow, I'm pregnant because I didn't get my period and took a pregnancy test and that was negative. So I waited a bit, second month, third month with no period. I started doing a little bit of internet research. It said, see your doctor, but it's probably also normal because things take time to get back to normal after the pill. So I waited a little bit longer. Anyway, I ended up seeing my doctor who said, well... It can take a while, but we'll refer you to a gynecologist. I lived in a pretty isolated community in northern Canada at the time, so there wasn't a lot. There were definitely no fertility clinics, or um, there wasn't a lot of options when it came to gynecologists either. So I ended up with this very old-school gynecologist who may have been great at what he did, but his field of expertise was definitely not fertility or infertility, and it also wasn't hypothalamic amenorrhea. Because, well, we ended up spending a couple of years working with this guy who kept trying random things where I was mostly doing the research online and I had self-diagnosed myself with hypothal hypothalamic amenorrhea at the time, but he never really gave me that diagnosis either. I kept bringing him my research and he said, sure, he would say, sure, let's try that. So we were a pretty bad team, he, him and I, because, well, I'm not a gynecologist and he was no expert in that field either. So <laughs> we spent a good couple of years like, yeah, trying a whole bunch of stuff to see what stuck and nothing did. So Ultimately, I begged him to refer me to a fertility specialist that I had to fly out to go see. 
And I was um, very quickly at that point diagnosed with hypothalamic amenorrhea. And uh, this whole fertility or infertility journey lasted five years, and I'll spare you a lot of the details, but it was not easy mentally. It was quite the roller coaster, right? Um, I, I went through a lot of a lot of doubt, a lot of feeling like I had made this happen to myself. So I went back to the fact that, well, it had happened to my mom and I always grew up with that in the back of my mind too. Maybe it could happen to me. So, oh man, did I think that too much? Did I make it happen? Did I? And anyway, I just, I did. And I, I, I struggled with this. And, and so for five years, it was um, fertility specialists and taking breaks and going through testing and procedures. And, and us living in this remote, isolated area of Canada, it was kind of difficult to get proper treatment. Thankfully, because I worked in aviation, I was able to fly out quite often, but it, it added definitely quite a bit of stress to my body and I never got my period in those five years. I ended up working with a fantastic fertility doctor in a major city that was willing to work with me quite a bit remotely and I would only fly out to see him when it was absolutely necessary and we conceived my first son. Now, let it, let it be noted that I had tried to conceive for many years, but the the month that we actually did conceive was the very month that I quit my aviation career. So this is where I get a little bit woo-woo with you guys. Why did it work that one time? I truly, truly believe that in order to manifest or attract something in your life, you have to make space for it. And I had to create that space for this baby to come in and I had to ditch I had to release the people pleasing I had to release this ego that was so attached to working in aviation I had to get happy and I did that by following my passion for nutrition at that time I had gone a really long way in repairing my own relationship with food. Um, so I was starting to have a much more balanced and harmonious and connected and joyful relationship with food. I didn't subscribe to a certain diet, although I did dabble quite a bit in the plant-based diet, but in a very sort of, in a very joyful, joyful sort of way. Like I believe you can do plant-based very wrong and very restrictive, but for me, it was actually more more of an outlet for creativity where I found that I was actually on fire in the kitchen and I loved creating all these plant-based dishes and I incorporated so many healthy fats and I just I all of a sudden the plant-based thing really helped me get rid of my attachment to calories and numbers and to focus on just quality of food and how great I felt instead. So that's where I was nutritionally. So I had really gone a long way in repairing my, my relationship with food, but mostly it was a mindset thing where I had made space for that baby and I had gotten happier. Um, I had really released a lot of my people-pleasing tendencies. And I really felt I was in a good place mentally. And the baby happened. 
ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice. Free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to high-quality protein sources less expensive and more available to all. Their prices are hard to beat and it's challenging to find a higher-quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox since 2017 and love Love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it. Their ground sausage is a dream. It's my personal favorite. Head on over to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to build a bundle that fits you and your family and start eating high quality meat without all the hassle of searching high and low for the good stuff. So that's where the story gets even more interesting because I was pregnant and I had this great pregnancy. And I delivered this baby with a great, easy labor. I had a tough year of my first year of motherhood, which I don't think anybody has an easy first year of motherhood. I don't think that's possible. But I was still really attached to my big, grand master plan. So I had grown up an only child. And from the very beginning, from the moment I was a little girl, I had decided on this big grand master plan, which was, I'm going to have more than one child. And I want them to be super close together. And interestingly enough, I had also always said, I, if I cannot conceive two kids, then we'll definitely adopt one. And I don't know why I even had that. Like I used to say this when I was a child, like how did I already, how was I already thinking about the fact that possibly I wasn't going to be able to conceive, right? So there I was when I was beating myself up before conceiving my first child and thinking I had made this happen for myself or to myself. Well, maybe there was some truth to this. Who knows? Maybe the pill itself, maybe having been on the pill for so long is what cut off that communication between the hypothalamus and the rest of the body. We will never know for sure. But like I said, I have inklings. So anyway, first year of motherhood goes by. And even though it was very tough and even though I was nowhere near ready uh, to have second child, I thought now is the time because we need to adhere to the grand master plan. And therefore, we need to conceive this second child Right now, my first son turned one. It's time. Well, I still, I never had a period in that time, but I pushed and I called the fertility fertility clinic again. And I said, well, I want to get back to conceiving that that second child right now. And uh, I did try with the fertility clinic for a few months and it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't happen. I mean, that's, that's (laughs) in hindsight, it makes sense because there was no space and I hadn't released my attachment to the grand master plan. So I had to take a little break and I had to question, did I really want a second child? And why did I want a second child? And how important was it for me to follow that timeline that I had set for myself that was so rigid and arbitrary, if you think about it, right? Like, why did I Why did I think that it was so important that my kids be less than two years apart? (laughs) So it forced me to pause and think the fact that, well, we couldn't conceive that second child. And um, I started working with a spiritual life coach. 
And mind you, at the time I was working as a nutritionist and I definitely hadn't incorporated much mindset work into my practice just yet. But I started working personally with a, a spiritual mindset coach and I started doing a lot of visualizations. I started getting into the woo-woo side of things and I decided that yes, I did want a second child and I was willing to release the timing of it. I was willing to to release the fact that I really wanted it to be a girl. <laughs> I got two boys. I don't know if I said that at the beginning of the podcast, but I really wanted it to be a girl. So I had all these, this vision that was so rigid that I, I had finally decided to let go. And so it was a good time for me to have a second child. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to dive into fertility treatments, but I had... I had made a call to the fertility clinic and I'd said, well, I think pretty soon I'm going to want to try this again. And I was working with the spiritual life coach and um, she was really getting me to tap into my intuition and in, in getting all that woo stuff. And so I decided that I was going to start visualizing every single day, connecting my hypothalamus with the rest of my body. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what it actually looks like, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, it, my vision, my, my visualizations were very much abstract, but I just kept tapping into that feeling of connection. So we're reconnecting the hypothalamus with the rest of the body, and we're connecting, and we're connecting. And I, would, I visualized this for probably a good three, four weeks, just every day, spending a few, a few minutes a day visualizing this. And then one day... I ran into somebody who asked me, hey, are you going to have a second kid? Somebody who didn't know my story and how much we had struggled with the first. And I said to that person, I said, oh, yeah, but for us, it's a long and costly process in that moment. And I really believe this is the moment that changed everything. This is the mindset shift that changed everything. In that moment, I caught myself and I said, wait a minute. Is that story really true? Or did I decide that it is true? Did I just keep that story alive? But what if I chose to let it go? The story that for us, it's a long and costly process. It was like from the time that I was a child that I had decided it was going to be a long and costly process. I had decided it was going to be difficult. And in that moment of telling this person the story out loud, I thought, what if I decided something different? What if I decided to release this story and let go of it and, and replace it with something else? Maybe from now on, it would be an easier process. Who knew, right? Your past doesn't have to define your present or your future. And that was my first real encounter with that concept. Well, you know it. The next day I got the first period I had had in seven years. <laughs> And that very month, I conceived my second child. So that connection piece, I believe, was huge. Those connection visualizations I was doing in reconnecting to my body were huge. But also the awareness of the story itself was incredibly powerful for me. Because again, I believe that mindset is what cut that connection off and mindset was also what was able to repair it. So conceived my second child and again had a fairly easy pregnancy and delivered 
and uh, I kept on working throughout and he's now about a year and a half, year-ish, 16 months old, not counting anymore. Still having a tough time with motherhood, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Those kids are too big to go back in anyway at this point. I digress. But here is where I'm at now. My periods are coming back. My cycles are coming back. And you got to wonder, right? Is it because pregnancy fixed it? I don't know because it didn't fix it the first time around. Or is it simply because now I know that I'm done having kids and I've released the attachment to the outcome and therefore my body is like, okay, we can start doing our thing again. We can start working in harmony again because I have found harmony, not balance because motherhood, like I said, is difficult and not a very balanced proposition for me, especially because I have a business that I run that is getting busier and busier every day. And juggling it all is definitely not a balanced picture, but it's a harmonious one because we all sort of make it all fit together in a way that makes me happy. And my body reflects that and the state of my cycles reflects it. Where am I at nutritionally now? I am still mostly plant-based, although I don't ever want to put myself into a tight box because I believe that this, for me anyway, is the, um, it would be extremely triggering in terms of wanting to, to get, you know, if I, if I made one choice that was out of that box, I would probably trigger what I call the effet I blew it syndrome and just binge on all the things that I don't let myself have, quote unquote. So I don't do that. I'm mostly plant-based. I'm not afraid of fat at all. I actually, there's this plant-based keto book. Um, It might've been called Vegan Keto, where I have gotten a ton of recipes from. I have been adapting a lot of Leanne's recipes as well to make them plant-based. So I do include a ton of fat in my diet. And yeah, I don't close the door to anything because I think that protects my mindset. I am healthy. I have a solid foundation of health, but it protects my mindset from going into the all or nothing trap, which I have been in for so many years and I don't want to put myself in there anymore. And where am I at with my business? Well, this is now what I do. I help women free their mind from food obsession and rock a body they love so that they can fulfill their soul's purpose. Because that's really what matters in the end is what's beyond the plate. What's on the plate is great, but that's only a jumping jumping off point to get to what you want out of life beyond the plate. Or that at least that's the way I see it. So this is what I do. I'm going to tell you where you can find me if you're curious, if you want to tell me what your story of hypothalamic amenorrhea was like. Um, if you have a story of recovery using mindset, I would love for you to share it with me. And after I let you know where to find me, I will leave you with a short visualization for you to reconnect to you. And not necessarily a hypothalamus reconnection, (laughs) but uh, more of an esoteric woo-woo visualization that works for anybody who wants to tap into their intuition and into um, listening to what their body has to say, what their body really needs, what their mind really needs, what their soul really needs. So you can find me at bloomwithmarie.com. That's my website. 
I'm on Instagram at Bloom with Marie. I have a Facebook business page, which is, you guessed it, Bloom with Marie. I have a Facebook group called Food Freedom Mamas. And feel free to join because I love this community and I give a ton of value and education. And this is really my life's work, helping women do whatever the heck they want to do with their life and using nutrition as one of the tools, but also mindset and spirituality. So this is where you can find me. So now it's time to close your eyes and we're going to take three deep breaths together. In through the nose, out through the mouth. In through the nose, out through the mouth. And one last one, in through the nose, as deep as you can make it. Hold it at the top. And exhale it all the way. And so now I want you to picture a line that runs from your third eye or your brow point down to your heart. And I want you to picture this line being this very strong, unbreakable, unbroken connection. And if it helps, give that line a color, give it a certain thickness, give it a certain texture, a smell, a taste, a name, whatever you need to do to be really able to tap into that picture and that energy of very strong connection. And I want you to tune into that line. And that line is relaying the answers from your heart to your mind. And from your mind to your heart. And you can ask anything that you need to ask at this point. You can ask your body what it needs to be nourished. Does it need more warming, grounding foods? Does it need lighter, more energizing foods? Does it need a break from food? What does your soul need in terms of nourishment? Does your soul need friendship, alone time, a business venture, an outlet for your creativity? What would nourish your soul right now? And how about your mind? And let the answers come from your heart. How about your mind? What kind of nourishment does your mind need? Does your mind need an upbeat podcast? A deep spiritual book? Or maybe a silly TV show? Like, what does your mind need to feel nourished? And picture that line, it's bright and it's unbroken. And if you have a story like mine of broken connection, I want you to picture this as a little ding in that line. And I want you to picture repairing it. You know, like those uh, 
pictures of a hair follicle, like a, a shampoo commercial, <laughs> where you see those hair follicles that are all of a sudden glowing and getting all coated with a nice thick shampoo thing that repairs all of the cracks in the follicles. Well, that's kind of the way that I picture my line. All my little limiting stories and beliefs and all the times that I have tried to break the connection between me and me as little those little dings in that line that are getting repaired right now because I choose to. So it's time to come out of this. I want you to take another big deep breath, wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes. Exhale. Take one more deep inhale. And exhale. And open your eyes. So it was my pleasure to be with you guys today. I hope that you got something from my story. And I hope that you got something from my visualization. And just remember that those mindset shifts are accessible to you. No matter what you're struggling with. No matter where you're at, it could be a relationship with food that you need to change your story around. It could be a medical issue that is not hypothalamic amenorrhea. It could be a relationship issue. Whatever it is, you can choose to let it go at any moment. And it might not be a dramatic recovery as in the next day you get your period. But it will, in that moment, in that instant, set you on a new path. So that's it, guys. I am so happy I got to do this. And thank you so much for listening. So great, right? I'm so, so happy that you joined us for today's episode. Now, Sunday, August 16th, episode 264, I am taking over the show to answer your questions on macro management, hormone levels, and brain fog. And then Wednesday, August 19th, we have episode 265, where I am interviewing my friend, Abby. He's a meditation teacher and just solid human. We're chatting about self-awareness through stress and anxiety. I have a feeling you can relate to the stress anxiety piece. So we provide a bunch of tools and thoughts and processes to help you through and give you the tools you need to process stress and anxiety. So I look forward to seeing you there and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 